Would you turn with me this morning to the book of Mark, the 11th chapter. We're going to begin a new series this morning. Can you guess what it might be about? (laughs) Uh, 2002, the church just beginning and the Lord spoke to me. We'd never pastored before. And he dealt with me as the church began that there were three things that I was to teach and minister repeatedly year after year in the church. Number one, how to keep the love command, how to love God and love each other. How many know that's not something you just learn all about one time and you got it? You need to be fed on this. You need to think about it. You need to grow in it. And so for some weeks now, we have been on that subject, haven't we? Have you been stirred up about it at least a little bit? If you hadn't been with us, it's available. You can download it in its entirety for free off the internet site. Get fed. Get stirred up. It's for your benefit. People who don't walk in love, people who walk in self-centeredness and selfishness are the most miserable people. They're demanding their way, they're getting their way, and yet they're miserable. And it cuts off your blessing. Uh, Faith works by love. Well, if you're not walking in love, your faith's not working. I mean, just a whole host of things that are a problem. But everybody said out loud, I love God. God. And I keep the love command. I I love my brother brother. as the Lord has loved me. Now, how many know that will keep you occupied 24-7? Because you will be tempted not to. Every day you get up in the morning, you'll be tempted. All you got to do to be selfish is nothing. Just get up, act like you feel, say everything that crosses your mind, and you'll violate the love command over and over again, and you'll be unhappy. Even if you pitch a fit and get your way, you're going to be miserable. Oh, but if you'll so love, if you'll obey him, you will abide and live in his love. And that's the key, Jesus said, to your joy being full. So number one was to teach on love. Number two was to teach on faith. How to live by faith. How to walk by faith. How to overcome by faith. Receive by faith. Please God by faith. And you would hope that the folk at Faith Life Church would know a thing or two about faith. Wouldn't you hope that? Well, we must not just assume it, you know. uh, We need to teach on it. We need to think about it. And, of course, we've got new people all the time. Maybe you've heard about faith for years, but it might be the first time they've ever heard it. And I, I can remember distinctly the time of our lives when Phyllis and I first heard the word of faith. I grew up in church. My grandmother saw to it that me and my little brother were at church every Sunday, and usually Sunday morning, Sunday night, and, and Wednesday evening. And uh, we were there for years, but precious little about faith. People, you know, talked about their convictions, and there was a whole lot about hell and condemnation. <laughs> and don't do this, and don't do that. But not much about the overcoming, victorious life of faith. And not knocking anybody. They, I didn't know it. They didn't know it. None of us had seen it. Oh, but thank God 
Thank God for the word of faith that has come forth. Amen. And it has changed our life forever. How many of you can say the same thing? It's changed my life forever. I don't think like I used to. I don't live like I used to. Thank God we got a different life. And so much better life. So teaching on faith. And thirdly, that I was to teach and we are to teach repeatedly, continually on how to be led by the Spirit. And uh, I am repeatedly surprised as the years go by that people don't know about this. Uh, I don't know at the people that have told me, well, Brother Keith, I never heard about being led by the Spirit till I came to the church. Well, that's not right. I mean, every day of our lives, you got a thousand and one questions, don't you? And what are you going to do? Should I do it? Should I not? Is this right? Is it not? And you can be led by your head. You can flip coins. You can ask everybody and their brother what they think you ought to do. And you can miss it and miss it and miss it and miss it. And maybe once in a while get it right and miss it and miss it. Or you can be led by the Spirit and get it right time after time after time after time. If you were always led by the Spirit all the time, you'd never miss it. Never miss it because he'd never lead you wrong. So we'll be talking about that as time comes. But today we're going to begin talking about faith. We're going to look at Mark 11. And I want you to stir yourself up because you're going to see things. I'm going to see things. We're going to get things about faith we have not gotten up until this point. Come on now, you going to help me with this? We're going to see things. We're going to come up to a higher place. Aren't we? Well, in fact, hold your place in Mark. Go to Romans. Let me give you a little bit of an intro on this. Now, I want to just relax and take my time on this and believe God for revelation on every word. The pause is in between the words. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You miss things when you get in too big of a hurry. Get too big of a rush. Now we're not going to try to do it all today. But let's take our time. Because the Lord tears is coming. You're going to come back aren't you? Oh, yeah. Huh? Most of you plan on coming back. And uh, if you're visiting with us. You can come back via the internet. Right? You can join us every service if you want to on this. Or if you can't do that. Just call us up. We'll send you a CD. Hmm? No charge. You can't beat that with a stick. Now I mean that's. <laughs> that's a good deal. And uh, if you want the word at all, you can receive it. Amen. Well, in Romans, the first chapter, talking about faith, he makes this statement, Romans 1 and verse uh, 8. He says, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Your what? Should people know about our faith? Should our faith precede us? Should we have a reputation? Known, extended out beyond ourselves, that we believe God. We trust God. We're not afraid. We're not intimidated. We're bold. We step out. We believe God for big stuff. Our faith should precede us. Yes. 
People should hear, oh man, that's a believe in God bunch. That's a big talking, big thinking, big believing, big doing. Right? Bunch. <laughs> so Brother Oral Roberts, I believe it is, had on his desk for years and years the little placard that says, no small plans made here. No little plans. We got a big God. We shouldn't think little tiny. We should think big. We should expand. And it takes faith to do this. He said, your faith is known. Your faith is uh, spoken about. People talk about your faith throughout the known world. Glory to God. Wouldn't it be a blessing if, if we really were believing God to the degree that they're talking about our faith over in China? Talking about our faith over in, in Africa and Australia. Talking about our faith. Not to glorify us, but that we love God so much, we believe God, so, we believe anything He tells us. If He said you can do it, we believe it. We need to think bigger than we've been thinking. We need to believe big. Believe big. I, some years ago, I was riding in the country, and Phyllis and I, and a couple of friends of ours, husband and wife, and, and we came through this little bitty town, and, and we drove through there, and, and the lady in the back, she spoke up, because we've been talking about these things, she said, why don't we buy this little town and fix it up? <laughs> I about pulled over the road and shouted. I thought, yeah, glory to God, we must think bigger. Amen. We must think bigger. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're so used to just, you know, working for somebody else and and having a little tiny part in somebody else's vision and going to somebody else for everything, using somebody else's money and paying dearly for the privilege of it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Why not have your own money? You got enough money, you can have your own bank. Now see, you start saying things like that, people just look at you like... God needs some people on the planet that'll think beyond their little front yard. Come on now, beyond their little utility payments. Come on now. He needs some people that are able to think global, that are able to think in terms of eternity and effect on eternity. Glory to God. Millions and billions. Somebody say billions. 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 Millions and billions. Millions of people. Millions of dollars. Billions of people. Billions of dollars. Can we think like this? Can God stretch us? This church used to be nothing. Now we're thousands. What could God do if we'd believe him in another five years? What could happen? But see, you get to a place where your faith gets choked and you think, well, now this is just pretty good. This is just good enough. And begin to make excuses. Well, Brother Keith, there's only what? 10 or 15,000 people live around here. How big do you think the church could get? Well, Brother Keith... 
You know, people, the average person around here only makes X amount of money. What do you think? See, you start thinking like that and your faith gets choked and get narrow. Why? Because you're looking at people. Now, instead of looking up now, you're looking down. You're looking here and you're trying to decide what's possible by looking at each other. But if I quit looking at you and you quit looking at me and we all look up, what could God do? I said, what could God do? All things are possible to him that worries, works night and day. No, no, him that believes. Somebody say, famous faith. Famous faith. Other folk hear about it. Other folk go, I'll tell you one thing about that bunch. Now they are believing God bunch. If you don't want it to come to pass, don't tell them about it. And be sure you want it before you turn in that prayer request, before you get them to pray with you. Because they'll look you in the eye, they'll grab your hand, they'll lay hold of it, and buddy, here it comes. And they won't quit till you see it. Famous faith. Famous for faith. Glory to God. Well, if it was good for them, it's good for us. Now skip on down. <laughs> Say it again, famous faith. faith. He said your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. You think about what's famous in the world right now. What is on the news programs night and day? What people are famous for? It's pitiful. I said it's pitiful. It's ignorant. People are famous for doing nothing. People are famous for sinning. Famous for nothing. Well, there ought to be something said about people that are really doing something. People that have some love for God and faith in God. Verse 15, he said, as much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Somebody say, me either. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Can you see a progression here from faith to faith? The just shall live By faith. With that in mind, go to Colossians. I hadn't forgot about Mark, but just stay with me. I told you we're going to take our time. Follow every thought through that the Lord directs us to. Because a number of you, you have heard something about faith before. This is not just an introduction to you. But it's not just what you've heard. It's what you're walking in and living in. It's what the level you're operating And we're believing now to come up to a higher level. How many would believe it's the will of God that ere this series has concluded, all of us are at a higher level of faith? Is that the will of God? Else why do it? We're not supposed to just come, talk about it, think about it, go, hmm, that's interesting. Go home and nothing change. Then it did us very little good to come. No, no. 
We're to come up to a higher level. And I'm telling you, the stronger faith is, the easier life's going to be for you. You don't struggle. The stronger your faith is, the less you struggle. Anybody for less struggling? Well, then you should be interested in this greatly. And, and there are things that have seemed out of reach. Things that have seemed too big. And it's not that it's so big. It's that faith is so small. And you can tell when your faith is growing because the things look smaller. Hmm? I remember when Phyllis and I first started, you know, man, you know, $500 looked big to me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It, I remember we had been in the things of God for about four years at this time. And the Lord dealt with me to go on a mission trip to Central America. We're believing God for every tank of gas now. We're believing God for every meal. And uh, he dealt with me to go to Central America on a mission trip. I knew he did. I wasn't going to go. And he dealt with me, go. And I actually was disobeying him and leaving the meeting where you're supposed to sign up and go. And it was cold. I'll never forget it. I was walking across the parking lot. Because they said, do you want to go? Everybody sign up. Well, yeah, but you had to have money to go. And I didn't have it. And I had something stirring in my heart about going, but I didn't have the money. And I didn't want to act a fool and go up there and act like I had the money and say, yeah, I'll go. And I didn't have it. So I'm walking across the parking lot to get in my little Chevy pickup to go home. And uh, it was cold. And the Spirit of God just arrested me. And I stood out there. And the wind's blowing. And it's cold. And I just knew in my heart, "Uh uh-oh, something's wrong here. I'm missing it. I'm missing it. And I was cold, but I was more concerned about missing it. (laughs) And the Lord dealt with me. You go back in there and put your name on there and tell them you're going. I thought, Lord, you know I don't have any money. He said, did I ask you about money? No, sir. Do what I tell you to do. Okay. So I turned around. I said, wait, everybody's just about gone. And I said, uh, I want to sign up to go. And they said, oh, great, great. We'll come right on in here and sign up. You know, we'll need X amount of money. How much money was it? Phil, do you remember? It wasn't that much. It was a couple of thousand dollars maybe. But, oh, man, it might as well have been two million to me at that point in my life. And so went back in there and signed up. And as I was leaving, got in our little 69 Chevy pickup. I called him Trigger. You had to shift it just right or else was the gears would hang up. And it's embarrassing at the intersection that you got to get out and go open up the hood and go jiggle. the. It was one of those three on the tree. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Arkansas is right there. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and where I came from was just south of there and then... <laughs> So I'm riding home, and the devil got in the pickup with me. Yeah, he did. Somebody said, you see him? No, I didn't see him. But it was him. These thoughts come. What have you done? What have you done? Now, you're just going to look a fool. Because you're supposed to have this extra amount of money right away. You're supposed to have, you know, $1,000 right away. And then you're supposed to have this other 1000 not long after that. Where are you going to get $2,000. And I'm thinking that. And it got dark inside the pickup there. I'm thinking, oh, man, you're going to look so dumb. 
You just, why did you do that? Why did you do that? And thank God, though, the Holy Ghost was in the pickup too. He was actually inside of me. And he brought this scripture to my remembrance. He said, it is written, you know, no man goes to warfare at his own charges. He said, this was not your idea. He said, I'm sending you. And if I'm sending you, I pay the bills. He said, you remember when you were on the farm with your dad? He'd send you to town to get some feed in the truck? Oh, yeah. He said, whose money did you spend? I said, daddy's money. (laughs) Daddy's truck burned daddy's gas. He'd send me money to pay for whatever I was picking up. He said, not only that, you'd stop by the Crestview. Crestview was a hamburger place. (laughs) On the way back in was some of daddy's money that was left over. Right? And buy a milkshake and a hamburger and large fry. He said, all daddy's money. I said, that's right. He said, I'm your daddy. Somebody say, big daddy. Big daddy. daddy. Well, if big daddy tells you to do something, is he not well able to pay for it? Now, you need to know that he told you to do it. But once you know he told you to do it, he is faithful. He is faithful. He said, no man goes to warfare at his own expense, at his own charges. So I said, well, thank you, Lord. I trust you. I'm going to cast the care of this thing over on you. And I'm telling you, it came. Glory to God. 500 came in. And then the rest of it came in. And then when I had $1,000. This was over the course of the next few weeks. I mean, there's more money than I've had. And I don't know when. And the devil says, half is good as nothing. Half is just like nothing. You can't go on half. Now, why do I say that? How would you know that's the devil? Negative. Negative. Defeatist. Oh, come on. Can you see this? Fear and naysaying and doubt. Do not yield to this kind of thinking. Do not think it. Certainly don't let it come out of your mouth. No, you don't say half is just like nothing. You say the same God that brought this first half will bring the next half. And you, you, you celebrate it and you get excited about it and you thank God for it. And sure enough, it was down to the wire the last minute. But it came in and we went, glory to God, and good things happened. A whole ministry was born out of that trip that I was a part of that a whole great church came out of later. It was wonderful. Somebody I was with that we were real close to, they wound up going back down there. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory Who meets all of our needs. But what if you think too small? You think small enough. You don't stop in the parking lot. You just keep going. And you go home. You say well yeah but I'm this little country boy. And I don't know anybody. And I don't have any money. And I can't do anything. And that means. It doesn't mean it's so huge and so big. It just means you have no faith. God tells you to do something, buy this, buy this acreage, do this, develop it, buy this, sow this, develop this. We've got to be able to think big. And God said out loud, God can use me. God uses people like me. See, if we believe. He said, from faith to faith we go. In Colossians 2, are you there? Colossians 2, verse 5. 
Now, I was beginning to talk about the benefits of increased faith. God is answering our faith already and answering our prayer. We stand up here and say we're getting our buildings and our lands and our houses. Well, some of these things have fair size sticker prices on them. 50,000, 100,000, 300,000, 500,000, million dollars, whatever. And a lot of times people won't even look at something because of the price tag on it. If you're led by the price, you're not led by the Spirit. Say that out loud with me three times. If you're led by the price, you're not led by the Spirit. Again. If you're led by the price, you're not led by the Spirit. One more time. If you're led by the price, you're not led by the Spirit. They're Christians. I mean scores of hundreds of thousands of Christians all over the country today and tomorrow and the next day that will make decisions based on how much it costs. They won't even pray about it. They won't check their heart. They'll just look at the right side of the menu and scan the price to see what they're going to get. They'll just look at the sticker on the window to see which one they're going to get. They just look. And see, if you are so locked into that money and that dollar amount that you don't even check your heart, then you're going to be missing it again and again and again. God was ready to do you an amazing deal on the most expensive one, but you won't even look at it. Did you hear me now? And then you struggle with this cheap one, and it breaks down on you three times. Well, Lord, why won't you help me with that? Well, that wasn't even the one he wanted you to have. Well, I couldn't afford this. That means you live by afford, not by a faith. You live by what you can afford, live by what you can work and what you can see. You're not living by faith. We live by faith, not by sight. Sites looking at the price, looking at this, you know, how much this is, looking at how much it's going to be to, uh, to take care of it. Man, you know, if we were looking at the price, we wouldn't have got this place with no congregation. We were looking at, you know, at other things. You know, the first jet that we got, the Lord dealt with us to claim a jet. And at first, I was reluctant to do it. And finally, the Lord got a hold of me. He said, son, you're thinking about this wrong. You're looking at these things as luxuries for the rich. And the truth is, you're going to have to have this to do what I'm calling you to do in the future. And you've got to stay on it now. Well, finally, I said, okay, I'll claim one. Well, in the course of a couple of years, the Lord gave us one. I mean, gave us one. But that's not all there is to it. You've got to operate it. And this was an older one, and it burned lots of gas. I mean, whew. You push those throttles up, you could see the needles move. I'm on the gas gauge. It was, wow. And we're small. Our ministry's small. And we'd go to places, and, and they'd hand you the fuel bill, and you'd go, mm, this right? Yeah, that's right. And then, you know, you've got to have parts for it, and they're expensive. And it's got an inspection. And it's expensive. 
And sometimes I'd scratch my head thinking, man, why am I doing this? I mean, do, do I really need to be doing this? The Lord said, I told you to do it. And if we hadn't done it, I mean, I won't go into all the story, but what I, the time I accumulated on that set me up perfect for these aircraft that we're flying today. If I hadn't done that, we'd be years away from being able to do this. But another thing he was doing was acclimating me to some larger numbers. Hmm? How many know if you faint and fall out over $10,000, there's no need in the Lord talking to you about a million. You got to get to the place where 10,000 don't bother you. Before he can talk to you about millions. Mr. said, well, thank God I'm not called to a ministry like that. You are called to some ministry. You are called to do things for the kingdom of God. Everybody in here has a call on their life yes, to impact the kingdom of God. Yes, and everybody in here, you're going to have to use your faith to accomplish that call because it's going to look bigger than you know how to do. You're going to have to use your faith. And we've got to get acclimated to bigger vision, bigger numbers, bigger things. Or elsewise we'll be just choked, we'll be narrow, and we'll be limited in what God would have us to do. Say it out loud, from faith to faith. faith faith. Say it again, I'm going going up up from faith faith to greater faith. faith. And from there there to even greater faith. From faith to faith to faith, I'm going up. What used to look big will become small to me. What used to seem impossible will seem within reach. I'm coming up. Hallelujah. Is it because the thing is so big, the price is so huge, or what is really the issue? The faith is so small. How you know your faith is smaller than it needs to be when what God is telling you to do just looks so gigantic and huge that you're not willing to step up and expect it? No, God's got to get our faith at a higher level. How's it going to come? Tell me how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing And hearing by the word, that's why we're going to camp on it today. And unless the Lord says something different, we'll be camping on it next Sunday. And what do you care how long we go? If your faith comes up, right? And what used to look impossible looks possible to you. What used to look huge to you looks like, oh yeah, God can do that. Sure he can. Come on, let's get it. Faith. God deliver us from these negative souls. These naysayers, anything you talk about, I don't know about that now. That's just getting on out there a little far. What do you want to do that for? Dear me, you know how much that cost? We don't worship money. We don't bow down before large amounts and go, oh, great, hundred million. No, we worship the almighty God with whom a hundred million is nothing. He creates planets, stars. A billion, a trillion is nothing to him. Nothing to him. Why should we struggle all our life over a few thousand dollars? When God could bring us up to a place where everything's done, everything's paid, and we're putting millions into the kingdom. 
Why not? Why not us? Why not you? Why not me? Say it again. I'm coming up. I'm coming up. I'm not walking by sight. I walk by faith. I walk by faith. Hallelujah. Well, we're starting. Colossians 2, are you there? Colossians 2 and verse 5. He said, Though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order, and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. He said, I'm enjoying seeing your faith. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith. Now see, he, verse uh, 5, he's talking about faith. In verse uh, 7, he's talking about faith. So verse 6 is talking about faith also. What did verse 6 say? As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. How did you receive the Lord? By faith. faith. Well, now what's this verse saying then? The same way you got born again. The same way you got your sins remitted. Is the way you are to walk. What does walk mean? Not just talking about going out, taking a walk on the side of the road. How you live. How many know more than one place the Bible says the just shall live by faith. The just shall walk by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. This is how you live. When we say how you live, that means how you do everything in your life. How are we to do everything in our life? By faith. The same way we got born again. Do you agree with this? Do you see it in the word here? Now having said that, I want you to understand that most of the body of Christ does not do this. And doesn't believe in it. What do you mean, Brother Keith? Well, let me explain. How do I get born again? By faith. How do I get healed? By faith. How do I get filled with the Spirit? By faith. faith. How do I get my money? My prosperity. By faith. How am I led? By faith. faith. How do I do everything in this life? By faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God at all, anywhere, anytime. Why do you say, Brother Keith, that most of the church doesn't believe this? Because, I mean, there are some people that don't even believe you get saved by faith. They believe in what I'd call an extreme position of predestination and that it's up to God, right, whether you get saved or not. And if he wants to save you, he will. And if he don't, he won't. And there's really nothing you can do about it. And it's all up to him. They don't preach the new birth. They don't give altar calls. There are a lot of churches on Sunday morning across this country. People dress up. They come in there and they sit and they have, a, they have nice organ music and they have a, a nice sounding choir. They don't preach the new birth. They don't believe in it. 
Nobody's going to have an opportunity to receive Jesus. They don't preach it. They don't believe in it. We've had ministers that were in other denominations for 40 years retire and come to Rama when I was teaching there and get born again. They were in the ministry, had uh, pastor churches, large churches for 40 years, weren't even born again. Now this is not so rare. This is a lot of places all over the world. Well, then what are they believing? What are they preaching? Oh, they talk about politics and being socially acceptable and being nice and treating each other good and all kind of things. But they do not preach that salvation has been bought and paid for by the blood of the Lamb, and now it's up to you to come receive it. They don't preach that. They don't teach that. Well, thank God we have found that out to be true. And what if somebody came to you and said, well, pray for me. I want to be saved, but I just believe it's all up to the Lord. And I'm waiting on him, and I've been waiting on him for years now. I hope he saves me. But I'm just waiting on him. What would you tell him? Hmm? Would you say, yeah, just keep holding on? See if he will. Maybe he will, or we don't know. What would you say? Would you not tell them that they are not waiting on him? Hmm? Would you tell him, no, I'm sorry, but you're not waiting on him. He has already gone to the cross for you. He has already paid the full price, hasn't he? He's already done everything that needs to be done for you to be born again and you to be saved. And you are not waiting on him. He's waiting on you. For what? To come and believe on him. And by faith, receive your salvation. By faith, receive your remission of your sins. By faith, receive him as the Lord of your life. You're not waiting on him. He's waiting on you. How many agree with that? I'm going to look all over the place. How many say, yeah, that's right. You're not waiting on him to be born again. Well, now let's look at our verse again. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, what? So walk ye, what do we say? The same way you got born again is the way you're going to do everything else. So fast forward a little bit. We do have millions of people that believe what we just said about the new birth. Oh, they'd wholeheartedly say, that's right. Yeah, you're not waiting on God. You've got to come and by faith receive Jesus, by faith, receive salvation. But then you got some of the same folk that believe that way about the new birth. They've been waiting on God to heal them for 10 years. Many of the other folk, they've been waiting. Oh, they believe, receive Jesus. Don't wait another day. Receive him today. But they've been waiting on God to prosper them and help them with their finances for 20 years. They've been waiting on God to fill them with his spirit, with speaking in tongues, if it's his will. For years, they've been waiting on him. 
Is that accurate? Is it correct to think like that? We have, this is one of the biggest deceptions in the body of Christ, that we are waiting on God for all these things, and it's just up to Him. It's no more true than people would be, you know, right to think they're waiting on Him for the new birth. So with that in mind, go to Mark now. The 11th chapter. Mark 11, 22. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. One translation said, have the faith of God. The margin of my Bible says that, have the faith of God. Then he said, verily I say to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have Whatsoever he saith. Notice that's different from just saying, well, God, whatever you want. If that's the best way to do it, why didn't he say that? Right here, it would been a perfect place for him to say, now just, say, just stand up and say, God, whatever you want. Whatever you want, whatever your will is, whatever you want, I'm waiting on you. He could have said that. Verse 24, are you there? Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, say thy will be done. If that's the best thing to say, why didn't he say it? When you, we're talking about when you desire something and you pray about it. What did he say? When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Say that out loud. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. One of the big reasons you and I are looking at each other today is because of this verse. Why do you say that, Brother Keith? Well, my father in the faith is Kenneth E. Hagin, who's in heaven now. His lovely wife, Miss Aretha, just joined him. Amen. We're excited for her. But at 16 years of age, he was bedfast, going in and out of comas. They told him he could not live. The finest uh, medical minds in the land told him nobody in his condition had ever lived past the, about the age he was. And that even if he survived one thing, there were two or three other things that would take him out. Incurable blood disease, undeveloped uh, internal organs and chest cavity and, and all kind of things. And everybody told him he had to die. In fact, one preacher came by and just held his hand and said, just be patient, my boy. In a few more days, it'll all be over. And he said he couldn't talk, his tongue and all was paralyzed. And what he wanted the preacher to come for was he, he had found out about this verse right here. And he wanted to ask him, was it really true? <laughs> and because he'd never heard anybody say that, could you do that? And all this guy told him was just be patient. In a little while it's going to all be over anyway, so just. And he said when he left it was so dark in there, he just, no hope. Somebody that's supposed to know the Bible, supposed to know God told him, basically forget about it. You'll be dead in a little bit. So 
Given up to die by the finest minds of medical science. Given up to die by his own preachers. But. Something inside him told him the answers in this verse. He doesn't understand it. Had never heard it preached. Didn't know what it meant. But something actually it was somebody, wasn't it? Somebody inside him kept telling him, look at it again. Look at it again. Look at it again. He had begged God to heal him. Sometimes would pray all night long. Please, God, heal me. I'm just 16 years old. If I die now, I'm going to die never having really lived. I want to have a family. I want to have a life. But all that begging did not get him healed. But now see, that's what the vast majority of Christians are doing. They're begging God and waiting on God. Aren't they? Which is not living by faith. Faith is not a beggar. Faith is a receiver. I hope y'all like this, okay? Because there's much more of it to come. And it's only going to get stronger. Because we at Faith Life Church are going to live by faith. Right? Aren't we? And we're going to have miracles. And we're going to see what men call impossible become possible. We're going to reach what seemed unreachable. We've already seen some of that. And we've just begun. But he kept looking at that, kept looking at that, kept looking at that, kept looking at that. Finally, he got it in his spirit. I've got to believe I received my healing while I'm still laying here paralyzed. While everything says I can't live, I've got to believe it. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. And he began to lay there saying, I believe I received my healing. I believe I received my healing. I believe I received my healing. He said, something came up in him. He said, now you believe you're well. He said, I sure do. I sure do. I believe I've received my healing. He said, well, well, people ought to be up this time of the day. See, faith without works is dead. You believe you receive, and then you act like you believed you received. You act like you've received. And so by faith, he pushed his paralyzed legs out. He said they fell like two clumps of firewood on the floor. Couldn't feel them. He could see them, but he couldn't feel them. He grabbed a hold of the post of the bed and dragged himself out of bed. And he's hanging there, you know, fading and slipping. Looks like he's just about to fall in a pile on the floor. And he said, I believe I receive my healing. I believe I receive. And he said when he did, the power of God struck him in the top of the head. Said it felt like warm honey piled up on his head and just oozed down over him. And when it got down to his legs, they began to sting like a thousand needles were in them. Why? Those nerves being reactivated. Glory to God. And he said in a few moments, he's standing there without holding on. He's standing there on his own power, holding up his hands, thanking God, giving glory to God. And because of that, he lived ministered for 60-some years, started Rhema Bible Church, and decades later, Keith and Phyllis Moore show up. What if it hadn't been for Mark 11, 24? That's what I said. Me and you probably wouldn't be looking at each other. A miracle is happening right now. That I'm here, that you're here, that this church is here. All miracles. All based on believing God. 
based on the truth of this verse and the truth that got him out and caused him to live another 60-some years and serve God and preach faith all over the world, that same truth will set you free and cause you to break out of your bondages and limitations and hindrances and reach the fullness that God has called you to. Everybody said out loud, I can live. I can be healed. I can come out of debt. I can do the will of God. I can do it through faith in Him. Glory to God. I like what Brother Shambach says. You don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. <laughs> and you got some too. Now back up on this. Have faith in God. Jesus said it. People have made fun of us. They said, oh, that's that name it and frame it. That confess it, possess it. That blab it and grab it. Bunch. Well, they don't realize, I guess, they're making fun of Jesus. Because I didn't write this. You didn't write. He's the one that said, believe you receive it. And you'll have it. He's the one that said, say it and don't doubt in your heart. And you'll have what you say. He, Jesus, Jesus. I don't make fun of Jesus. How about you? I believe what he said. I honor what he said. I respect what he said. And while they're making fun, you and I getting healed. (laughs) While they're making fun, we paying everything off. While they're making fun, we're doing kingdom business. Getting the job done. While they're criticizing us. Don't criticize other people. Don't get focused on preaching against somebody. Trying to straighten somebody out. Finding fault. Don't do that. Don't do that. Do something good. You be busy doing something good. Getting something done. While they're finding fault. Criticizing. We're not that way. We walk in love anyhow. I've had people follow me down the hall. After I spoke in a place and said. I don't like you. I don't believe anything you said today. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't like you. I just turned and smiled and said, you just don't know me. If you knew me, you'd like me. I think it made them matter. But I am not insecure. And I am not in fear. And it's not my job to go around and straighten people out. It's my job to preach the gospel. Believe the Bible. Help people. But if they don't want to hear it, then I go, next, please, next. You want to hear it? Okay. You want to hear it? Okay, you want to hear it? Because somebody does. Somebody does. And if they do and receive it and believe it, they're going to get miracles. They're going to get born again. They're going to get recovered. They're going to get freed. They're going to get delivered. They're going to get filled. They're going to get healed. They're going to get blessed. I'm looking at a bunch of folk that already have. And the same thing that got you as far as you are will get you much further. The way you got born again is the way you get healed, the way you get filled, the way you get your money, the way you get your answers, exactly the same way. And it is not begging and waiting on God. What is it? Verse 24, what is it? The faith of God that he taught, had faith in God. The faith of God is a receiving faith. A faith that receives. Read this scripture again. Mark eleven twenty four. 24. 
What things wherever you desire, would that cover everything? Anything and everything. Whatever you desire. When you pray, do what? Now a lot of folks just stop with that word believe. Believe. And then they fill in the blank. I've had people look at me in tears and go, well, I believe God. I believe. I've had people say, could you talk to so-and-so? They're in a bad way and they have a lot of faith. They have a lot of faith. But I don't know why, you know, they, they can't get their help. And I've talked to them before and they had no faith to be healed. No faith for their needs to be met financially. Well, why did people say they had a lot of faith? Because they're not being specific about faith for what? Have a lot of faith that God is real. Well, that's wonderful, but that's not what he said. I believe with all my heart, God can do anything. That's great, but that's not what he said to believe. I believe it's God's will for me to be healed. And I believe it's God's will for my needs to be met. Excellent. But it's not what he said to believe. What did he say to believe? Believe that you receive them, and then what will happen? Then you're going to see it and feel it. Remember what Brother Hagin said as a teenage boy? He said, I saw, I got to believe I received my healing while I'm still laying here paralyzed. I got to believe I received my healing while I still can't talk. Uh, my tongues uh, doesn't work, and, and I can't get out of bed on my, I got to believe it. But through believing it, then the Holy Ghost was able to give him instructions how to act on it. And then through acting on it, he ministered for decades. When he, you know, his body would have been in the grave. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. All things are possible. To him or her that believe. All things. All things. All things. All things. Oh, I'm excited in my spirit. I got a little glimpse while I said that. One reason God has given us this right now, man, he's got some big stuff out ahead of us that he's preparing us to believe for. I'm looking back now, I didn't realize it, but when Phyllis and I lived in our little 1969 Marriott mobile home with no insulation, and we got a hold of the message on faith. Got tapes by, from the Copelands. And then eventually after that from Brother Hagen and different ones. And uh, man, it just became a habit with us after work. We'd come in, had a little bitty tape player, and we'd put the tape in and, and listen to it uh, in the evening. And, and I didn't know what God was doing, but he was getting me ready. He was getting Phyllis ready. I mean, we just, we lived in a little bitty small, I mean small world. I worked in a store, general store, and it was the kind where you had the old potbelly heater, and uh, the old men would sit around and talk, chew tobacco, tell lies. <laughs> and uh, one of them, uh, I had a multi-purpose role at that place. I was assistant manager of what later became a small shopping center, but uh, we had... A meat department, we had a uh, car service department, we sold tires, we sold refrigerators, we had a grocery store, and I did all of it. I'd been there for years in the volunteer fire department, too. (laughs) What are you laughing about? 
So somebody would come in and I'd sell them a refrigerator and then go change the oil in their car and wash my hands and come back in, cut them up a chicken and wrap it up. Of course, wash your hands first. And then we'd get a call and I'd have to go get the fire truck out. I'm not exaggerating. This all happened in one day. But you know, everything that I did helped me to do what I'm doing today. Every one of those things. Every one of those things. Phyllis the same way. We looked back many times and remarked about how God, we didn't know it, but God was preparing us and training us. So don't despise what you're doing right now. Don't look at it as nothing and trivial and material and significant. No, it is. Do it as unto the Lord and let him train you for what's coming next. Do it excellently. Do it well and you'll be promoted. But uh, I heard the guy sitting around the old heater one day and one of them was going to go to Memphis. We're in central Mississippi. That's only, uh, what, two and a half hours maybe? And boy, they talked for months about he's going to Memphis. He said, boy, boy, you better have your vehicle checked out real good. You know, take you some blankets and extra water. (laughs) And so finally the time came, he went to Memphis. Well, when he came back, boy, everybody wanted to talk to him. So you went to Memphis. Yes, sir. Saw the big town. Mm What did you think about it? He said, fellas, I never was so glad to get back in the United States. Man, he thought he had left the country because <laughs> he crossed the state line. What I say that? That's the world we lived in, a little tiny, small world. Thank God for faith. Now we think globally. Now the word is going around the world. Oh, hallelujah. That's what faith does to your spirit. And I can look back to where it began. It began sitting on that genuine imitation leather couch in that little trailer hearing Kenneth Copeland talk about faith and Kenneth Hagin talk about faith. And it began to get in our spirit until after a year or two of that, we got it in our heart to go all the way to Oklahoma for a meeting. That's unheard of among our service. People thought we were crazy for listening to tapes of preaching. They were ready to get out of preaching as soon as it started at their own church. They wouldn't go home and listen to a tape of it. And uh, it took all the faith we had to come to Tulsa for the camp meeting at the Hagen Ministry. I mean, we believed God for weeks and weeks and weeks just for gas money. We didn't have a car decent enough to go. And somebody loaned us a car and people gave us money. We weren't asking for it, but it just came in. People just came up and handed us money. And uh, we went. And as we were there, we took a tour of the campus. And as we walked across the campus, God dealt with both of us. We were supposed to come. Oh, man. We just got silent. We were downtown at the convention center and the oil refinery is right there beside it. And in the middle of summer, it stinks. <laughs> and uh, we were getting ready to go. And we just silent, riding on the bus all the way back. Not a word. And finally, Phyllis looked over. She said, did you ever know you're supposed to do something? And you didn't want to do it? I played dumb. I thought, what? 
What are you talking about? She said, it stinks out here. Man, that was such a huge thing for us to think of us leaving family, leaving home, leaving everything and coming out to a strange place. And we didn't have any money. How would you do it? But I see now God had been getting us ready for two years by the word of faith. Come on now, do you see that he'd been getting us ready? Why? So that when we came to that place, we would not just pass it off and ignore it and say, no way. We'd look up and go, well, with God, all things are possible. And we'd begin to believe it and begin to believe he could do it no matter how far-fetched it sounded and seemed to us. Oh, can you see this? That is happening right now. Right now, it's been happening in this church and it's happening right now. God is feeding into us faith, faith, faith. Faith, why? In order to fulfill his plan for our life. Soon and very soon. Some people, a matter of months on some things, some things are going to come up. You're going to see it. God's going to tell you to do it. And it's going to look huge. And a few years ago, he couldn't have even brought it up to you because you wouldn't have even considered it. But now you'll not only consider it, you'll say, yes. If you say it, okay, we'll do it. We'll step out. We'll believe you. We'll claim it. Why? Because you have gotten bigger on the inside. Oh, yeah, you've increased. You've expanded. Your faith has come up. And you really do believe that all things are possible to him that believes. Can you say amen? Say it out loud. All things are possible to those that believe. And I believe. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hold your place here in Mark. Go to 1 Timothy 6. You got a couple of more minutes? What's your rush? 1 Timothy 6. What are we talking about this morning? Receiving faith. Not just talking about how to get faith. We'll touch on that. But we're talking about what kind of faith the faith of God is. What kind of faith is it? It's a receiving faith. A waiting and crying and begging faith. That's not faith at all. And what kind? Are people correct if they'd say, I'm just waiting on the Lord to save me? No. What about folk that say, I'm just waiting on the Lord to heal me? I'm just waiting on him to fill me with the spirit. I've been waiting for 10 years. Is it true? I'm just waiting on God to prosper me. I'm hoping and praying one of these days he will. No. The same way you got born again is the way you're going to get healed. It's the way you're going to get filled. Is the way you're going to get prosperous. How did you get born again? You didn't sit by and wait. One day you saw it. One day you believed it. And what would you do? You got up. You came down. You took it. You laid hold of it. You received Jesus as Lord. You received your salvation. You received the new birth. You received the remission of sins. Well, that's how you're going to get your healing too. Exactly the same way. Just as you have received the Lord, so walk ye in him. The just not only get born again by faith, they live by faith. They walk by faith every day, every way. 1 Timothy 6, are you there? 1 Timothy 6. And verse 12. What does it say? 
Fight the good fight of faith. What's the next two words? Is that some insight into how to fight the good fight of faith? How do you fight the good fight of faith? Wait on God. Uh Uh-uh. What do you do? Lay hold. Somebody say lay hold. How do you lay hold? Lay hold. Hmm? Brother Dave, would you help me? Would you get me some water, please? Would you give me some water? (laughs) Go ahead and give me some water, Dave. Dave, give me some water. Y'all pray for Dave that he'd give me some water. I want some water, Dave. I'm thirsty. Brother, I need some water. I need some water. Give me some water. Y'all pray that David give me some water. Now, am I being silly? Not really. This is what most of the body of Christ is doing. Aren't they? Oh, God. Oh, God. Give me my healing. Oh, God. Give me. I need money. Give me my money. I need money to pay my bills. Oh, God. I need it. I need it. Give it to me. Would you write this down? God provides. We must possess. God gives. What? We must receive. Just because God gives you something is no sign you're going to enjoy it. We'll be talking about this later on, but how many know the Bible said God gave that first generation of Israelites that he brought out of Egyptian bondage, he gave them the promised land. And none of that generation ever enjoyed it. Could you say they didn't enjoy it because God didn't give it to them? The Bible said it was given to them, it was finished from the foundation of the world. It was ordained from him for them to have it. And they never enjoyed it. Could you say because he didn't give it to them? No. Why? They did not receive it. They did not possess it. Mark eleven twenty four that we just got through reading. What did it say to believe? What things ever you desire, when you pray, believe what? Believe God is good. That's not enough. You've got to go beyond that. Hmm? Believe God wants you to have it. Not enough. Believe God has given it to you. Excellent, but not enough. Not What must you believe? You must believe that you receive. Now, if you look up that word receive, it's the Greek word that is also translated, same word in the same Bible, is translated take. T-A-K-E. Take. Let me give you some definition of that. This word. From Thayer, Strong's, and Vines. This translated receive here in Mark 11, 24. It means to take. It means to take with the hand. 
It means to lay hold of. It means to take to oneself. To make one's own. To take possession of. To collect. To apprehend. To appropriate to oneself. To seize. Is that what most of the church world is believing? Uh Uh-uh. What are people doing? Waiting on God. Begging him. Dave, give me some water. (laughs) Give me some water, Dave. I'm thirsty, man. How long could this go on? What can he do about it? (laughs) Somebody said, pour it on me. (laughs) That wouldn't help me. Huh? You heard the old saying, you can lead a horse to water. What would be another way of saying you can't make him receive? The water's there. You can put his nose in it. You can't make him receive it. You can't make him take it. God provides. Tell me the rest of it. But we must possess what he has provided. Just because he has provided, that's not the end. Just because he's provided for us doesn't mean we're going to enjoy it at all, ever. Somebody say what God provides. provides. By grace. grace. Must be. be. Possessed. Possessed. By faith. faith. Oh, can you see this? Am I waiting on Dave to give me some water? He got up. He got it. It's here. It's available. He wants me to have it. But I can go on the rest of the day going, give me some water. I'll try to live better. If you give me some water. I'm thirsty. I need the water. I want the water. Give me some water. How many millions of Christians are praying this way? Oh, please, God. Please, God. Heal me. Please. My family needs me. My church needs me. God's not moved by needs. I want it so bad though. God I want it. God's not moved by wants. He didn't say when you pray. Want it. More than anybody else wants it. Uh -uh. He didn't say when you pray. If you need it more than other people. Uh Uh-uh. When you pray do what? When you pray do what? God, give me the money. Give me the wisdom. Give me the wisdom. Lord, I need the wisdom. I need you to show me what to do. I need the wisdom. Well, when are you going to believe you got it? When you know what to do? Will it be too late to believe it then? The Bible said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraids not. But let him ask in faith nothing Wavering. Now what kind of faith is God? Is the faith of God? It's a receiving faith. It's a receiving faith. You got to say, Lord, I'm asking you for wisdom. And then you got to go beyond that asking. And you got to say, I believe that I receive by faith. I take my wisdom now. If you believed you've received it, then afterwards you believe you've got it. Give me some water. But water looks good. Dry. I need water. 
I'd like some water. Y'all pray and tell everybody you know to pray. (laughs) That I'd get some water. In fact, every time you pray, think of me. Pray for me. Every time you pray, pray for me. This is happening all over the globe and it is a waste of time. Millions are praying countless prayers for nothing. Nothing. Any more than do you any good to pray that Dave would give me water. Dave wanted me to have the water before I asked for it. Right? He didn't hesitate. When I asked, he got it. It's here. And I can die of thirst. And it won't be his fault. And yet, even though I've said it and it's not that hard to understand, still, next week, millions upon millions of Christians will do this with God all week. And they won't change. And their needs won't be met. And they'll die young and prematurely. They won't know what to do. And people will go, well, we just don't understand the mysterious ways of the Lord. But we just have to acknowledge and believe that he knows best and that it wasn't the best for you to have that drink of water. Should I just be humble and go, well, I'll be thirsty for Jesus. Lord, if you want me thirsty, I'll be thirsty. Because I've asked every way I know how. I've pled, I've begged, I've done everything I know to do. And it's obvious he didn't want me to have the water. Because if he did, I'd have it. So I'm just going to consent to the will of God. And bear my cross like a man and be thirsty. For Jesus. It would be funny if it wasn't so sad and so close to home. And so many people are perishing. Tell me how the just are supposed to live. Come on, help me out. Now tell me what Jesus said. Have faith in God. Have the God kind of faith. And when you pray... He didn't say nothing about begging and and please and I need and I got to have. He said when you pray, stand up like a man and believe you take it. Come right on up boldly before the throne of grace to get your mercy and get your grace to help in the time of need. Come right on up there and believe. It's okay to ask, but don't just ask, 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 ask. When you ask, now, believe he heard you. Believe it's granted to you. And reach out your hand of faith. Come on, come on. Reach out your hand of faith. Now you can't see it. You can't feel it. It's by faith. But by faith. At some point I got to quit begging. I got to quit asking. I got to quit looking sideways at Dave thinking it's his fault. Wonder why he won't help me out. And I got to say I see it. I see it. You got the water brother. You got it there. And it's mine. And in the name of Jesus. I believe. 
that I receive. That sure beats being dry. (laughs) Can you say amen? Can you say glory to God? Glory to God. I'm a believer. I'm a receiver. I'm not a beggar. I'm not a crier. I'm not a whiner. I'm a believer, which means I'm a receiver. What things ever you desire when you pray. Do what? Not just believe anything. Believe what? Believe that you receive. Let me read the definitions to that word again. Believe that you take it. Believe that you lay hold of it. Believe that you take to oneself, make it your own. Believe that you claim it, that you take possession of it, that you apprehend it, that you seize it. Faith has hands. Faith has hands. You can see these hands. You could see me taking that glass of water, but you can't see faith. But it's just as real. I said it's just as real. Are millions really waiting on the Lord to heal them? Not any more than folk are waiting on Him to save them. Are millions really waiting on the Lord to give them some money and prosper them? No. Not any more than people are waiting on Him to be born again. Are Christians really waiting on Him for 10 years to be filled with the Spirit? No. Sorry, no. Not any more than somebody's waiting on Him to be born again. But we've been taught by religion for centuries to wait. Just wait. Just wait on the Lord. He's in control. It's all up to Him. Not true. Not Bible. Not what Jesus told us to do. Somebody say, I'm going to do what Jesus told me to do. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe I receive. I'm going to lay hold. I'm going to take possession of. I'm going to seize. I'm going to make it mine. Take it to myself. Make it my own. Woo! Glory to God. And once you have done that, you can't see that. You don't feel it physically, but once you have done that, what did he say? Believe that you receive them. What happens next? You shall have them. It'll come to pass in this physical realm where you can see and feel it. How many believe Jesus is right? He knows what he's talking about. And it works just like he said it does. Let people scoff. Let them make fun. Let them ridicule. While you get healed, while you get your miracle, while you get all your bills paid, while you talk in tongues, while you have a miracle life in Jesus. Glory to God. Stand up on your feet. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.